Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta Barbecue and beyond. Hello, and welcome to episode number 109 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I truly do appreciate listening in, and if you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Google or Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate your support. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. This week's network shout-out goes to Let's Find Out, a podcast about Edmonton history. Here's host Chris Chang-Yen Phillips to tell you about it. Hi, I'm Chris Chang-Yen Phillips. I host a show called Let's Find Out here on the Alberta Podcast Network, where we try to have fun learning about history here in Edmonton. We take field trips to places you've maybe never heard about. So you can look at a thing that's, that's from 2000 BCE, all you have to do is leave your ID at the desk and your bag and wash those hands. We find out about the real hazards of working in archives. A big part of the job is um, hauling things and packing things and like just being dirty and having to avoid a hantavirus from mouse droppings, you know. <laughs> and right now we're doing a whole season about how humans and nature have shaped each other here in Edmonton. Grizzly bears used to be largely a prairie species as well, across Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. Every episode is its own little adventure, and we'd love if you joined us. Find us at letsfindoutpodcast.com, or wherever you download podcasts. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Let's Find Out and all the other great shows on the network. This episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you in part by Straight from the CPA's Mouth, a new podcast series created by the CPA Education Foundation and funded by the Heshey CPA Knowledge Center. Alberta's Chartered Professional Accountants, or CPAs, are experts on a wide range of topics and issues of interest to Albertans. Straight from the CPA's mouth has discussions on topics important to you, from leadership skills and achieving career potential to financial literacy and how to make your tax refund bigger. Whether you're a university student, a new Albertan, or a parent, you'll find something of value on this unique podcast. You'll find Straight from the CPA's Mouth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or on the CPA Education Foundation's website at cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. That's cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. This one has been a long time coming, everybody. It was early this year that I first started talking with this week's guest about coming on the podcast, but he was in the middle of getting the new location open and wanted to wait. And then, of course, a little thing called COVID hit. We finally made it happen last week, and I'm excited to bring you this conversation with Mike Clausen, retired CFL player and the man behind Streets Canada. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. I'm here in downtown Calgary with Michael Clausen, Streets Canada is the, the restaurant. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You know, it's a beautiful day outside. We're about to enjoy a beautiful poutine together, so uh, I'm excited to chat tonight. Awesome. So uh, before we get into the restaurant, talk a little bit about yourself, uh, a bit of bio, background info. Um, born and raised Calgary, uh, Southwest, played University of Calgary Dinos, was a walk-on there, hated football. Um, until I hit college, actually, so it was kind of a fluke that I ended up on the dinos there, and then uh, ended up getting drafted in my fourth year to Montreal Alouettes. Didn't think of myself as a pro player, but then played seven years in the CFL. Nice. Now you're in the restaurant, yeah. And now all of a sudden I joined forces with my pops in the restaurant business, and 
four months after retirement, had plans to open my own store and open this one up April 10th. Retired awesome. November, so. Yeah, quick uh, quick transition for you. Everything happens fast, yeah. I guess. And you've got kind of a background in food uh, through your dad, right, with Joey's? Yeah. yeah, yeah. so my dad had started Joey's Only in uh, 1985 with my mom, just yeah. a little shop not too far from here on 17th and 17th Ave and 14th Street. Okay. And, you know, focus on the fish and chips, and <clears throat> they were good enough that they were able to open a few more stores. Mm-hmm. And then, about nine years into that, they were able to franchise. Right. And uh, the rest is history. He opened well over 100 restaurants, and then in the early 2000s, you know, that kind of concept, you know, was on the decline a bit. Right. So we came up with a new concept. <clears throat> Sorry, it's called Joey's Urban. Right. Tried a bunch of different things, frites. We were always doing the tacos thing, always did the fish taco thing. So this was about eight years ago, 2012. And then about three years ago, one of my off seasons, I kind of, you know, we sat my dad down and said, hey, we might need to move away from the Joey's name. So I kind of helped rebrand and we came up with Streets Canada with their team. And I was always helping with marketing and stuff in my off seasons. And uh, the rest is history. And then now that I'm retired, I wanted to open my own in an A-class location. We've never really had one in a downtown location like this, right. just to kind of prove it out, right? Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. Awesome. Through COVID, yeah, we're surviving. So yeah. opening a opening a restaurant right in the middle of it all. Talk about some of the challenges you faced there. Yeah. Um, well, great. When we took over this restaurant was March 23rd, and I think they shut everything down March 22nd. Yeah, it was right, right around there, yeah. <clears throat> so, tough times, but we decided to go ahead with our rentals. This was a little Hungarian place, yeah. so we completely rented the place in three weeks. It was actually kind of nice doing the rentals during COVID because there's nobody downtown. Like, you see how many cars are parked outside yeah. right now. There's nobody here. We backed the trucks up, got rid of everything. Um built out in two and a half weeks and opened April 10th. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, did you find it a little slow initially just because of everything <clears throat> going on? Yeah, I mean, the first week obviously was very slow. We didn't do a huge amount of marketing like yeah. we usually do for uh, sure. new store openings. Yeah. And um, But slowly started picking up through word of mouth. I got a few of my friends involved financially, so it's good when you do that because now, you know, I've expanded to a number of different circles and they tell all their friends yep. their friends tell all their friends so the first couple of weeks i swear like 70 percent of the business was you know a warm call i say yes, like yeah. people coming in people that i knew right but you know that's what it takes and then they leave you the reviews and they come in and tell their friends about it and then next thing you know you have a bunch of random people coming in and then they'll survive you know then we survive off of that so as long as you can keep them coming back, right? Exactly. Yeah. As long as we do the right things, customer service, and we know our food is good when yes. it's done properly. So yeah. as long as we do those two things, they'll come back, yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Now, do you, your interest in food, do you think that came from your folks being in the restaurant business, or is it just kind of a natural... Yeah, I think just helping my parents, you know, my dad was always like the big show. We always talk about my dad being the show cook because my mom would cook six days of the week. Then we'd have company over on a Sunday. And then all of a sudden he'd be the cook, eh? And everyone would give him all the credit. Oh, you're always cooking and everything. And uh, I'd always help him with that. And then I think it was when I moved out to Montreal and I was completely on my own, right? That I was just 
I had the time to cook. You know, mm-hmm. we were done practice at 1.30. I'd be home by 3.30, and then yeah. it was just like I had all night to cook. Yeah. So it started there, and, you know, the paychecks were coming in fast, so I had enough money to at least, you know, buy some nice meats and proteins yeah. and try a bunch of different things because I had nothing but time on my hands in season. And even in the off season, you know, I would train in the mornings for four hours, and then I'd have all day to prepare my wife a nice meal. Nice. Yeah, I've seen on your Instagram and stuff, you not just related to the restaurant, but lots of cooking and yeah. things like that, right? So it's. Uh, I wish I could do. I wish I could do more, um, but now just so busy with work life and stuff. Now it's my wife cooking ninety nine percent of the time, and but I still get to be the show cook, cooking yeah. on the fire and right. smoking my meat on the weekends. Yeah, I saw you uh, a couple weeks back. You did some Fourth uh, of July. Something special there, hooked up with the U.S. Embassy or something? Yeah, so the U.S. Embassy had reached out to me, the Calgary Consulate. They were they have a partnership with the Certified Angus Beef, the sure. farmers in North America there, and they wanted to do a big July 4th promo, so they had asked me to, as an influencer, kind of to cook up a sure. piece of meat, but they kind of wanted me to do it their way, so it was kind of weird. I just wanted to throw on the smoker, but they wanted my me to turn my barbecue into a smoker. Okay. It actually worked pretty well. Yeah. And the meat turned out amazing. I think I overcooked it a little bit, but just got distracted with the free wine they gave me. You know? That'll do it. <laughs> uh, what do you smoke on? What, uh, what are you cooking on at home? Um, so I have a Bradley, a little electric uh, puck smoker, and then uh, I stole my dad's Traeger, and it's a pellet grill. Yep. But I'm really looking for, I really want to do a real offset yep. wood and start smoking with real wood. Yep. And I really like cooking on my fire. And I just recently got a new fire pit, and yep. it's got this swinging, this swivel grill that goes right over top the flame. So I'll put my skillets right on there, potatoes right in the coals, whatever. Yep. If I had a bit of money, I think I'd buy like an offset smoker, and then I'd have like a real fire grill, like yep. something stand up with a bunch of different attachments. You can hang stuff off of it, you know, just do all the fun things. Yep. But. For now, I'll just keep putting my cast iron right in the coals. That works, right? Yeah. Although all those toys come with a uh, yeah. price tag sometimes. Nothing better than a steak over a hot fire because you can't get a cast iron skillet hot enough on a regular stove. No. Absolutely. But in a fire, you can get that thing screaming hot, and that's how you get that nice sear, you know? Yeah, nice and crust on it. Savor all those juices, you yeah. know? Seal them in there. For sure. Let's talk about streets a little. Where did the, the concept come from? Uh, the str- the streets well the streets name is great because we haven't cornered ourselves into any one market you know we're not just a taco place we're not a burrito place we're not Mexican we're not a grilled cheese place we're not a burger place we're not a pizza place and it's not in the name right. so as trends come and go you know we got bowls on our menu right now yeah. a, a vermicelli noodle bowl a rice bowl we can do whatever the heck we want whatever's trending you know we've done poke bowls we've done bao buns we've done tandoori naan breads like always kind of following the theme of the tacos and poutines but who knows like we could easily move away from that as tacos become so saturated in the market maybe we start doing stuff on a stick you know fish on a stick corn on a stick like we just want to be that street food kind of place but always have value behind us because I feel like there are a few chefs doing it in town, but it gets really expensive real quick. So value, flavor, everything's cooked in-house. Like we still slow cook our own beef, our own pork. We make all our own sauces. We make all our own salsas, our pico de gallo, our mango salsa. Everything's fresh veg. All the toppings are fresh veg. We cut our own cabbage. We shred our own carrots, dice our own celery, jalapenos, everything. So 
I think that's what kind of separates us from the fast food market. Yeah. You know, a lot of the fast food taco places, you know, your meat's coming in a bag and it's not all meat, right? Yeah. So that's what we pride ourselves on. That's why our prices kind of reflect that. So we're kind of in that middle ground between, you know, fast food and sit down. Yeah. And uh, we like being in this in this kind of place because people like our food and they keep coming back. And they don't feel like crap afterwards. Exactly. No, we came a couple of weeks ago, uh, Friday night. My wife wanted fish tacos. So, yeah. Uh, and the fish taco is obviously Joey's fish with Joey's batter, and that's what my dad built his name on, and that's what makes it so good. Like the reason we have a good fish taco is because of our fish batter. It's nothing else to do with anything, right? And a lot of other people haven't figured it out. But when you open 116 fish and chip restaurants, you might have a good batter, right? Thank you. Maybe. (laughs) Now, were they fully national? Yeah, yeah. So we were we were west coast to all the way through Ontario. Never into Quebec, okay. just because the laws there. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, like yeah. opening restaurants in Quebec, it's a whole nother ball game because yeah. now everything has to be bilingual. The nutrition's everything, right? Yeah. And we actually opened about six six or seven stores down in the states. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, 2008 happened, and yeah. unfortunately, we had to shut those ones down. But. Yeah. You know, there is a possibility if we keep growing streets sure. the way it is that we become national real quick mm-hmm. and m- maybe expand down the states if awesome. there's an opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, talk about, you touched on a few items, the menu, the style of the restaurant, uh, the, the vibe I guess you're going for here. Let's... Yeah, so, you know, I guess streets, we're not trying to be too ironic, but you, you're sitting on what looks like to be a pallet booth mm-hmm. and... You know, our concrete floors, we just kind of polished up and threw an epoxy on it. I got a table built out of bottle caps. We got concrete countertops and, uh, of course, the graffiti, you know. And this is kind of a signature for all our stores moving forward is kind of like find a local artist, you know, do a nice mural with our kind of icon fist and fork image and then uh, maybe make it a little personal. You see I got belt line spray painted there and then... I built a little alleyway down to my bathrooms, and so I spray painted up. And yeah. what most people don't know is those are all actually initials of people that helped me out financially with the oh, store, nice. so invested. And you can see my, uh, well, if you walk down, you can see my MK up there. And awesome. There's about eight other names, so yeah. oh, a nice, just uh, a nice little touch. Yeah. And, you know, the, my friends that got involved, they're obviously not down here working every day, yeah. but it's kind of like makes it a little more personable and, one of my friends who invested, he's down here probably like three times a week, so it's yeah. good. He's supporting his own business. That's right. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and the menu, I guess, uh, get into that a little. You know, you touched on a few of the items, but uh... yeah. So mainly tacos, poutines. We follow that theme, and then we always wanted to keep our fish and chips, just yeah. because that's where we got our start. And our fish and chips are very good. Yeah. Most people, you know, it's not a big seller because you wouldn't expect fish and chips to be good in a place like this. Yeah. And then uh, slowly we just kept adding more and more stuff. But every two months we come up with features. Yeah. And as you knew, we did a barbecue feature, yes. and that's why you originally yeah. reached out to me, which is cool. And yeah. we kind of just test the waters on different items. We just finished up with our surf and turf feature, so we kind of did a play on uh, fish and, tr- I mean, shrimp and, and chicken. Okay. Or shrimp, surf, and turf. So we had a real Cajun shrimp. Uh, flank steak taco it was a little more expensive and then we did like a poor man's version of that and we had a popcorn shrimp 
and fried chicken taco. So we had a $4 taco and a $10 taco. Just kind of, you know, testing new things. But our surf and turf burrito, which was the flank steak and the Cajun shrimp, it sold real well. It was actually our best-selling burrito. So, you know, and then every year we kind of come back, take a look at the menu. Hey, what features sold good? You know, like last year, the chicken and waffle poutine was just a feature. But it sold so well, so this year we added it to the menu permanently. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, locations right now, plans? Um, yeah, so we got nine locations right now. This was number nine. And uh, we got plans to open a couple more here. In Calgary? Hopefully one in Edmonton. We want one in Calgary. We don't have, like, an offer to – nothing quite in the books yet. Yep. But Edmonton and Medicine Hat will be coming up real soon here. And then maybe a couple more in the Vancouver area. Hopefully one more out in Ottawa to, like, kind of help that other one out because it does very well. And But it's kind of out of town a little bit. So I think we should put one right downtown Ottawa. And uh, from there, I think, you know, we're going to start growing. Once we get to 10, it's 10 to 20 that really, like, it's kind of like, you know, now you're set in stone and you're a brand. And then 20 and beyond, I think, will be growing real fast. Like, we'll be opening, you know, hopefully 10 of these a year, if not more, nice. which will be fun. And I'm going to get real busy real fast. <laughs> I guarantee already, right? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Now, one thing I want to touch on, uh, the, the waste thing here. Everything, no garbage is kind of the goal, right? Yeah. So we pride ourselves on being 100% landfill-free, meaning everything that you eat that's compostable that's compostable our drink cups are compostable believe it or not we don't use straws we have two items that we give you our little sauce containers they're recyclable and then the only thing which we had to bring in is our foil wrapper for our burritos that's the only thing that will ever end up in the garbage and we're even trying to find a substitute for that so just something you know it costs a bit more but moving forward we're kind of ahead of the game because yeah, this is the future and in, in four or five years i can imagine this being like the law anyways right yeah. it already is becoming in vancouver so it helps our vancouver stores sure. and just you know that image you know we pride ourselves on three pillars and that's like sustainability you know obviously our food and i always forget the third pillar <laughs> it'll come back to me in a second um oh yeah like we do um a fundraiser for the homeless okay. people's experience of homelessness yep. so we do a taco program so yep. for a buck 50 you can come in as a customer and purchase a taco for a buck 50 which is around our cost on a taco okay and then once a month or once every two months once we have about 100 of these things up you know we kind of work with a group in town whether it be the mustard seed the alpha house just right. different groups that help people's experience in homelessness yeah and we'll bring them a bunch of tacos nice. and kind of help them out. And it's fun for them because they get something a little different than probably what they're used to. And, yeah, and it's fun. I, I used to do them all the time for Brayside when we had the Brayside location. We haven't done one here yet, obviously, because of COVID. Um, but I'm excited because we're literally two blocks from the mustard seed, so yeah. we can walk them over. We don't have to drive them. They'll stay nice and hot for them. Yeah. Is yeah. the Brayside still open? The Brayside's, oh, yeah, it's open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. does very well now. So, awesome. which is in a weird spot, but it's worth the drive. That was kind of our hashtag for the last two years when I took over the marketing because yeah. we were trying to get people from downtown to yeah. Brayside. Yeah. And then we opened this one. Yeah. 
And two weeks after we opened this one, Brayside's never been busier. So I think it has something to do with having two locations, yeah. a little brand recognition in town. Yeah. Whatever it may be, it's great for them. We just need to get sales up here. So. Well, when downtown gets back to yeah. a little busier. Exactly. Not, not sure what the normal is going to be down the road, but uh, when people start getting back to work, exactly. downtown, you're going to see that, I'm sure. So. Exactly. The only positive that's come out of this whole thing is uh, no, no rush hour traffic. I hate rush hour traffic. And when I sit in rush hour traffic, yeah, it stresses me out. So, like, leaving work whenever I have to and, like, takes me 50 minutes to get home and I drive from the southeast to the northwest so it's uh, nice uh, northwest is good if we're looking for a, a third location so. yeah are you guys up there yeah. whereabouts okay nice I'm just at Banff Trail oh, yeah. shouldn't tell all the people where I live no, I <laughs> uh, gonna take just a real quick pause here for a word from our Alberta podcast network sponsor and then I uh, want to talk a little uh, the football cool this week's episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you in part by ATB Financial. How are you creating goodness for those around you? In times like these, ATB Goodness Grows offers a way to create a chain reaction of goodness across Alberta. ATB is here to help and uplift and tap into the positive power of being there for one another through something as simple as a smile. Use the hashtag ATB Goodness Grows to follow along, get inspired, and join in on the action. All right, we're back. I'm here at Streets with uh, Mike Clausen, uh, talking about the restaurant. Uh, let's get into a bit of the football. You mentioned uh, walk-on with the dinos, and then kind of went from there. Yeah, so uh, played high school football um, with Tom Spolatini. Yep. Spolatini's have a huge name in town. Spolombo Sausage, Absolutely. Tony Spolatini helping out various minor football groups. Yep. So Tom Spolatini is the son of Tom Spolatini, who's longtime Stampeder. And we didn't have a football team at our high school. We were a tiny little private school, and Tom wanted his son, Tom, to play high school football, but he didn't want to have to move schools. So he kind of pushed the, you know, our principal and stuff to create a football team. He was there coaching and stuff, and uh, our grade 10 year was the first year we had a football team. He kind of forced me to go out, and I, I did not want to go out at all. I was a volleyball, basketball guy. You know, I was tall, lean. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it got to me, and I don't like to disappoint, so I went and tried to for football, and we had like 22 people on our team because at that point the yeah. seniors were still playing, you know, the volleyball because they had played two years of volleyball. They were just getting to their prime, yeah. understandable. So we kind of like paved the path. There wasn't a lot of – we were just grade 10s mainly. Yeah. Um, a few grade 11s, a few grade 12s. We got our butts kicked. And then we went to grade 11. We did a little bit better grade 12. I think we made it to some type of provincial tri- um, playoff game. Yeah. Uh, got our butts kicked, obviously. But uh, anyways, got the invite to trial for the North-South Senior Bowl. Okay. Senior Bowl trials. Yeah. I don't know. There's some political stuff going on. They've never even heard of me. I thought I had a very good tryout or whatever, but the team's kind of already set. They know who they want on the team, but I guess I took enough notice to Coach Nil, yep. and uh, who was the University of Calgary coach yep. at the time, and he kind of just like walked up to me after the tryout and handed me a letter of intent. Hey, you want to come trial for the Dinos next week? Like, here's a letter of intent, pretty much saying, you know, you're, you know, you're committing to us, even though I didn't make the team yet or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, went the next weekend, despite 
you know, not wanting to go, I had a talk with uh, uh, one of my dad's friends because he was kind of like, you know, I played college football. It was a great experience. Even if you don't want to, just try it one year. I was like, okay, Frick, I'll try it one year, right? And uh, went out to the tryout, made the team, so kind of started training with the uh, the Dinos team that summer. I was pouring concrete. I was like all of 195 pounds. You know, I'm six foot five, so I'm, I was pretty skinny. Yeah. Went to the first workout, and they started divvy, divvying up all the, the position groups. Okay, receivers over there, quarterbacks over there, running backs over there, D-line over there. And everyone kind of laughed at me when I ran over at the D-line. Like, who's this skinny receiver type, right? And they laughed at me and uh, whatever. They all knew. I didn't go to very many workouts because, like, you know, it's weird. You'd show up, you're 17 years old, and it's a bunch of 22-year-olds out there hazing you and stuff. But anyways, um, showed up to uh, fall camp. Didn't play first two years. Just was too small, but just gained so much weight so fast by my third year i was 270 and uh yeah a huge jump i gained 50 pounds my first off season and then um and then the rest is history i guess i started a couple years dinos and still wasn't the best football player i could be but i only i only burned two years eligibility ended up uh getting it not getting an invite to the National Combine, which is a big deal, kind of like a big showcase, right, yeah. out in Toronto. But it was the first year they had the Regional Combine, right? And um, showed up to the Regional Combine in Edmonton, and they invited two people from the Regional Combine to the National Combine, and one of them was me. Nice. Then I made it to the National Combine, did all right there. I mean, I did really well, yeah. enough to get noticed, because I went from, like, a nobody to somebody who was on the draft board. Yeah. Got drafted from Montreal, fourth round. Um, didn't want to go out there. Yep. I had already lined up a summer job and everything, and then Coach Nils like, Mike, you should go out there. It's great experience. You'll be that much better for next year. Okay, yeah, like I have three years of eligibility left. Right. I'm coming back. Yep. Went out to training camp, made the team, didn't go back to college. Ended up playing four years in Montreal. Came back to Calgary for a year. Yep. Um lost in that great cup versus Toronto in 17 and then I ended up in Ottawa the next year and really kind of found myself in Ottawa and had two great years out there and then uh, now my body's broken and I decided to retire and open a restaurant 17 that would have been the Ottawa in Ottawa right? Uh, 17 I was with Calgary we lost to Toronto 18 in Ottawa Ottawa, yeah yeah. and then 18 ended up in Ottawa yes and uh lost to Calgary so that was kind of a tough one to yeah. swallow but at least I got to start and play in a great cup yeah. yeah so it was a good experience and you know you can't take that away from me yeah. even though I don't have a big shiny ring jewelry right yeah that's awesome yeah I've been to I guess four of the last five great cups so you probably see me play then oh well, yeah a couple times were you at the one in Edmonton then yeah okay yeah. so you saw me play Jillian came to that one too, so nice. The group of friends seems to grow every year. Yeah, well, it's a good time, and it's a good excuse to go party unnecessarily for three or four days and meet a lot of fun people. Absolutely. Um, What do you miss most from football? I don't know if I miss anything yet because I don't. I'm not reminded of it yet. Yeah. Because football is obviously, you know, we're mid-July and we would be like week six. You know, we I probably already had a bye week from by now. Yeah. 
Um, but I think what I definitely will miss the most is just not only the lifestyle, like yeah. six months off, essentially. Yeah. You know, I yeah, I had to train, but yeah. I had freedom to yeah. do whatever the heck I wanted. Yeah. And um, just the camaraderie in the locker room, the friends you make, and like the good times, right? Yeah. Like you just show up and you're forced to be friends with, you know, 65 dudes. Yeah. And you are friends with them. You're all kind of like away from home yeah. so you only have each other so you know we hang out barbecue party every weekend right yeah. after a game or in the bye weeks you know every day off you kind of get out of town maybe go like to the lake or yeah. the spa or whatever you just always had people to do that stuff with yeah. you know in our regular lives in my regular life now you know everyone's running around doing so many things they have their families in town there's just so much going on yeah there is just every day hey what are you doing we're going for lunch hey we're going for dinner we're doing this we're doing that you get the whole team together we're going to this club right so that's definitely what i'm going to miss the most things i'm going to miss most about football has nothing to do with football yeah, just, uh, well, i think that's probably pretty common right the, yeah the camaraderie, like for sure yeah yeah uh, any kind of memorable food experiences yeah through your travels Montreal definitely yeah. I mean Montreal is the type of city that you could go to a different restaurant every night and every night it would have been better than the last so there's one place in Montreal called Pied de Ch- du Cochon it means it translates to the pig's foot yeah. but this guy you know he's friends with uh, or was friends with Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. like was featured on his show and the stuff that they would serve there sounds so disgusting like you know foie gras pig's head bison tongue yeah. like huge rip but everything was just so gluttonous you know that's the place they bring the big parmesan wheel and make the risotto right in it they brought us a whole pig's head with bison tongue hanging out of it layered in gold dust you know flake the steaks were the size of this table um they brought this duck in a can they literally would sous vide a duck in a can and then just like have it fully cooked and open it right up at the table and plop it on a on a plate and it looked absolutely disgusting but it was the most amazing thing you've ever eaten in your entire life and the foie gras and that yeah i didn't think i would ever be a foie gras guy but then this foie gras poutine oh it was deadly deadly so that and you know i had my favorite spots we go for all you can eat sushi all the time and we'd have to switch up the spots every couple weeks because you know, three or four big football players, they kind of get pissed off at us, especially when I go in and order 50 pieces of sandwich sashimi, you know, and they're only charging 17 bucks for all you can eat. Yeah. Maybe they'd just stop coming around eventually, maybe so. Yeah, time for you to leave. Yeah, but uh, no, Montreal was definitely a spot, and then there was one spot in Ottawa I frequent a lot. It was called the Whale's Bone. Okay. Kind of like a seafood steakhouse joint, but the vibe was cool, you know, dark, kind of like old steakhouse. Yeah. Steaks were gigantic. They always had buck-a-shuck Sundays. You know, I, the first place I tried sea urchin. It was kind of weird, but, yeah. like, I know if it was good or if it was, like, the buttered-up toast that was yeah. good that I yeah. ate it with, right? So, but just I always like trying new things. Every time I go somewhere, if I see something weird on a menu, I'm like, I have to try that. Yeah. Too much FOMO, you know? Yeah. Give it a try, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, just before we wrap up, where... Uh Shout out where folks find streets online locations. Um, find us online www.streets.ca. Street spelled S T R E A T S. Kind of play on words there. Um, we have our own mobile app, which we like to direct people to because you know everyone's talking about supporting local, supporting local. 
but they're ordering skip the dishes and DoorDash, you take 25% of your profits. And in the restaurant business, there's not 25% profit to be had. So we like directing people to our online app. You can find our online app there. And uh, you can find us right downtown at the Beltline on 11th Ave and 5th Street. Yep. You know, people know where the CPU in Singapore Sam's is. Right, so yeah. we're right in between that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we see you guys down here because yeah. uh, come check out. We got the best fish taco in Canada. That's what I always I always claim we have the best fish taco. Yeah. My wife will agree with you. Good. Yeah. Good. And then uh, Ottawa, where are the other locations right now? Out in Canada. Yeah. So just like the Airdrie. Yeah. To Ottawa as Canada is to Ottawa, right yeah. by the stadium there. Right. Um, then we got a location in Lethbridge, soon in Medicine Hat, one in Winnipeg, and then one in Abbotsford, Aldergrove, Langley, and at the University of Fraser Valley up in the Students' Union. And then soon to be Edmonton, hopefully, soon to be another Calgary location, yeah. and then we obviously got the other Calgary location, the first streets yeah. ever down in Brayside. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Where in Winnipeg are you? Uh, Southdale, the neighborhood's yeah, called. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Winnipeg guy. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that's a dual concept. We partnered with an old Joey's franchisee. Okay. Yeah. Um, he started a pizza concept, so yeah. it's kind of a Streets Rebel Pizza. Yeah. And uh, the pizza's actually pretty good. So you walk in, there's a Streets counter, and then there's a yeah. big pizza oven right beside it. Yeah, nice. Kind of two big counters. It's a bigger store, but yeah. it's kind of cool. You know, something for everyone. You can yeah. combo your pizzas and your tacos. Yeah, you sure. know. Nice. Big old pepperoni pie with yeah. three fish tacos. Yeah, Why not? That's my entertainment. Oh, there you go. So you have to check it out. Yeah. Make sure they're I'll doing things family. right over there. Yeah, I'll send some family that way. So. I'll send you in as a secret shopper. Yeah. <laughs> Something I'm starting to do. We're, we're looking into what Alberta barbecues. Yeah. You, know, you go to barbecue restaurants here, and as, as great as they are, they're, they're serving southern U.S. barbecue. Looking at kind of coming up with or discovering what some kind of true Alberta barbecue flavors might be, given that you're uh, an Alberta native. Yeah. Any thoughts on, uh, on that? Well, I think when you talk Alberta barbecue, I wouldn't even put us in the realm as, you know, smoked meats and stuff like that like smoking meats long yeah. exposure all that stuff but I would put us in the realm of like good quality you know we pride ourselves on the triple A Alberta beef everyone's proud of our beef you remember the big I love Alberta beef campaign obviously from 15-20 years ago you know it still exists and I would just say Alberta barbecue is a freaking big ass ribeye steak salt pepper on the barbecue or you know a big tomahawk steak in the, I did a tomahawk steak in my uh, smoker, and it was so good, yeah. so good. Because, so, like, you know, it was a two-hour smoke because this thing was three inches thick. Reverse sear? Um, no, I didn't even sear that one. Oh, you just left, yeah. Just left it. It dried out yeah. nice. I usually do a reverse. I usually do a sear, initial sear in the oven. I tried the reverse sear. I've cooked the ribeye steak 101 times. Maybe I'm going to write a book, 101, to- 101 ways to cook a ribeye steak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that and uh, cooking on the open fire with the sear sear. And then sometimes, you know, when that piece of meat is really thick, I'll prop it up on big pieces of garlic and throw it in the oven for 20 minutes at like, you know, pretty low temp. Just to get that internal temperature up. Because you don't want to burn it searing it for 10 minutes. You just want a nice, you know, secure all those juices in there, trap them in there. And then cook it the rest of the way nice and slow. Right on, man. 
Well, Mike, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. They sure help increase the show's visibility. Thanks to Mike Clausen for joining me on the show this week. It was great to meet you. And folks, I'm not kidding when I say try out streets if there's one in your area. And if there isn't one yet, keep your eyes open. The fish tacos are legit. Streets is on Instagram and Twitter at Streets Canada and on Facebook at Streets. That's S-T-R-E-A-T-S. You can follow Mike on Instagram at MikeyGuns90. Visit www.albertabbqtrail.ca for my listing of Alberta barbecue joints and get out there and show them some support. They still need you. You can find me on Twitter at EatMoreBarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at Eat underscore More underscore Barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is EatMoreBarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horobin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking, take care of one another, and stay safe. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.